Today's episode is brought to you by Get Your Guide. Want to make your next trip unforgettable? There's an easy way to do that. Book a Get Your Guide travel experience. No matter where your travels take you, Get Your Guide offers the best way to connect with your destination. Choose from over 100,000 travel experiences in the U.S. and around the world with Get Your Guide. Whether it's the Sherlock Holmes tour in London, the night helicopter flight over Las Vegas, or whitewater rafting in the Grand Canyon, whatever you're into, you'll find an experience you love. Discover and book your next unforgettable travel experience at GetYourGuide.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Today's episode is brought to you by Alienware. During Dell TechFest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop, powered by an Intel Core i9 processor, featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential your dream setup amazing prices and free shipping await you for a limited time only at alienware.com slash deals that's alienware.com slash deals welcome to stuff from the science lab from howstuffworks.com Hey guys, and welcome to the podcast. This is Allison Laddermilk, the science editor at HowStuffWorks.com. And this is Robert Lamb, science writer at HowStuffWorks.com. Today we're talking about the Tyrant Lizard King, aka the Tyrannosaurus Rex. Yeah, this is a dinosaur that, that I grew up with, and I think a lot of people out there grew up with. Um, I had the little plastic figurine of him. I was having him beat up on Triceratops, attacking Stegosauruses, eating G.I. Joe men, you know, knocking down wooden block castles. Uh, the, the Tyrannosaurus Rex was just, no kidding, a hero, I think, to a lot of children. And, uh, and I, and I think still is today. Absolutely. I, uh, have kids, have nephews, have all sorts of little ones running around. And I went to one of the, what, one of the toy stores recently. And there's just ginormous amounts of dinosaur toys aimed at kids. Actually, some that are, I was pretty fascinated about. Yeah. And of course, if you look at uh, depictions of what this guy looked like, you can you can tell why we're so attached to it. I mean, he's just he's just awesome looking. We're talking about a big bipedal dinosaur with just massive jaws, enormous teeth, little bitty front arms, but massive legs, an enormous tail. I mean, it's it's like a dragon, just a sheer monster. Yeah, I mean, when I picture a dinosaur, you probably think of a T-Rex. I know I do. So 
let's quantify the T-Rex a little bit. He's about 40 feet long, which, if you think about it, is the height of a four-story building, assuming 10 feet per story. Um, this guy, as Robert mentioned, had huge, huge chompers. I think uh, his teeth were, what, seven seven inches per tooth? Mm-hmm. And his jaw was about four feet long. I mean, that's the size of a small person. Yeah, especially when you factor in that he probably had, you know, somewhere between 4,000 and 6,000 uh, pounds of pressure per square inch with that thing. I also read that the T-Rex could wolf down 500 pounds in one bite. Can you imagine? Wow. The T-Rex was probably one of the last dinosaurs ever to walk the Earth uh, right before the KT boundary extinction event wiped everything out. Um, and we found fossils in the United States, Canada, East Asia, in the U.S. Actually, uh, Montana has been a virtual treasure trove of T-Rexes. So with all these crazy attributes, you know, the huge jaws, the crazy chompers... The, the the big stature, you'd think that the T-Rex was the fiercest of the fierce. Yeah, naturally. And actually, that's how it was depicted by artist Charles R. Knight in the early 1900s. Um, Knight was the first one to, to paint the T-Rex, and he painted it standing upright. Uh, the tail was dragging on the ground, and he's squaring off with a triceratops. And the triceratops is that dinosaur with, you know, the frill around its neck and the two horns and... I think it's kind of a peace-loving animal, except for when it was facing off against the T-Rex. Yeah, but I've often heard it put that like the T-Rex is like our li- is the little boy's favorite dinosaur, and the Triceratops is the girl's favorite dinosaur. You just made that up. No, that's true. I know my my wife's favorite dinosaur is the Triceratops, and mine is the T-Rex. I think mine was the the Brontosaurus. Well, that's another peaceful, even though not exactly a real dinosaur, but still, you can hold on to that fantasy. I can. I can, and I will. Um, so Knight was was the first guy to really get down what T-Rex looked like on paper. And as such, there are billions of toys spawned from this image, and even Godzilla. Yeah, like, uh, basically, Knight's image looks like a guy in a dinosaur costume. It's like the, the same stature, you know? You could say we're really throwing our anthropomorphic baggage at a bunch of fossils and creating something that kind of looks like a dude in a suit. But film fans have also um, gotten to witness the emergence of new models for how the T-Rex would have looked. And you guys are going to know where we're going with this. Jurassic Park, classic mm-hmm. scene. Yep, dinosaur chasing uh, Sam Neill and company in the vehicle. This is this is a very different take on the dinosaur. This isn't. It's it's more streamlined. The tail is up in the air and it's 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 running. It's really upgraded uh, Knight's uh, vision of what the uh, the animal consisted of into like an even more awesome predator. Right. So before Knight kind of had the T-Rex standing as this big, plodding, hulking dinosaur. But then, you know, with the with the advent of Jurassic Park and even earlier than that, yeah, the T-Rex got a makeover. Mm-hmm. And he was sleeker and all of a sudden his body's parallel to the ground, tail's not dragging on the ground anymore. And, and this is this is the newer version of the T-Rex that, that we now know. Mm-hmm. So even, you know, even, even more reason for kids to love him. But just as kids get older and uh, suddenly they learn a little more about their heroes and their, their heroes, you know, tarnish a little bit. Um, also, uh, a lot of uh, studies have come out to sort of tarnish the reputation a little bit of, uh, of the T-Rex. Oh, the T-Rex is, has gone down. Yeah. No, not so much, uh, you know, no drug scandals or anything. Uh, no but, marital transgressions? No, 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 you know, car wrecks or anything. But uh, but no, there's been some new studies to to cast his role as king of the dinosaurs in doubt. Namely, that maybe he wasn't so much a super predator as uh, a pretty good scavenger. Scavenger. Yeah. It's just a totally different ball game. Yeah, I mean it's the it goes from uh, you know, king of the jungle to 
like a vulture or a you know a hyena. hyena or something. And there are a number of reasons for this. It's not just people wanting to badmouth uh, you know a hero to children. Some of the uh, the attributes uh, the T Rex had huge nostrils, which is great if you want to smell out some uh, dead dinos out there in the uh, primordial jungle. All right, those teeth and jaws, yeah, they're great for uh, chomping into living things, but they're also great for busting through giant, you know, stegosaurus corpses, etc. And uh, uh, getting out that bone marrow that's so rich in nutrients. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's another thing they've uh, in studying this stuff called coprolite, which is uh, basically fossilized fossilized dino uh, excrement. Excrement, yeah. Uh, they found a lot of bone fragments. Uh, making it look like these guys consumed a lot of bones. Now, this is a lot like uh, a really interesting uh, bird that you find uh, uh, in the mountains of Ethiopia, but also throughout Europe, Asia, and Africa, called the Lammergeier. Okay. And this guy looks like a, basically like a big vulture, really kind of a, a beautiful animal. But he he shows up late to all the, uh, the the dead things. The other vultures get there first, pick over the flesh. The Lammergeier shows up. He goes after the bones. Takes the bones, drops them from a really, um, really high altitude. They crack open, and then he just gulps down all these bone fragments. All right. Wow. And so th- nothing really is wasted in nature. Right. And there's a lot of nutrients inside bones. Uh, you know, there's the bone marrow, uh, et cetera. And it's stuff that uh, not every scavenger is going to be uh, specialized enough to take advantage of. So, and then they also found um, some T-Rex teeth in the dino do. Basically, ends up painting this picture of the T-Rex as a, like a giant trash compactor. Going at these at the bones of dead animals, just so chomping viciously. it all down, vicious, so viciously, yeah, that it's just bone fragments and his own teeth getting snapped off and you know passing through his system. I just had sort of a funny vision of you ripping into some meal and losing a couple of teeth in the process, but I, I, I'm imagining that's what it was like for the T Rex. Yeah, I've never been that hungry, but <laughs> I've never had to uh, uh, hunt down my dinner in uh, in dinosaur times. So, one of my favorite uh, supporting. Ideas that the T Rex was a scavenger um, is on the basis of appearance. Yeah, oh, really? yeah. So uh, the idea is that the T Rex is not too attractive of a dinosaur, and um, well, let's just call a spade a spade. Uh, the the, the T Rex is ugly, oh. and uh, his ugliness he has it in common with hyenas and and vultures and and the like. So this is. Uh, I really hate to imagine that one being taught in school. To kids and saying, since the T Rex was an ugly dinosaur, he had no choice but to eat things that others wouldn't. You know, that's just—it's silly. Sad. It's very silly. The Triceratops, and, however, is beautiful, and she gets to eat whatever she wants. <laughs> I also heard that the those powerful legs could have been made for walking long distances, as opposed to running down prey. Right. Yeah. If you're if it, your prey's not going anywhere, um, and it's just a matter of running off some other uh, scavengers when you get there, you don't necessarily need to. Run like a freight train. People have also um, made the argument that well, they have, they have uh, useless uh, little arms. All the more reason that they're just scavengers. But that goes both ways. People point out, well, snakes. You have plenty of excellent uh, snake predators, and obviously snakes don't have arms. So that one's kind of a stupid one, in my opinion. However, the predator side still has some uh, have has some supporters, and they're and they really like to put out this just awesome image. Uh, in my mind, and I think all the children out there will agree, of of this guy running just at a, at a really fast speed, opening his jaws wide and just crashing into his prey. Can you imagine? Yeah, and that's where, it, and, and then that ends up shattering teeth as well. 
like just opening his jaws and just running smack into the side of a stegosaurus or something. I kind of just pictured the T-Rex going, ah, (laughs) running full speed. And either way, they definitely nod on each other a lot. Um, but, but then that's one of those things you have, you have beetles, uh, in the wild that have basically evolved large mandibles just for wrestling with each other. So, uh, that doesn't, you know, necessarily mean one thing or another, but, you know, even if they were scavengers, they were probably getting into some pretty serious scrapes with each other. So the the whole argument of whether the T-Rex was a scavenger or predator also leads us into whether the T-Rex was fast or slow. Mm-hmm. Right? So if he's a scavenger, then he can be a little bit, you know, less zippy mm-hmm. to his next meal. Whereas if he's a if he's a predator, then he's probably likely to be more agile and, and fast, fast on his feet. Right. And it's important to, to mention, too, that this is something that's, that's very hard to... Uh, to track down evidence for. There's almost no direct evidence. Um, we have these things called trackways, which are basically fossilized dinosaur footprints. And they tend not to be long enough, though, to, to encompass the stride of a T-Rex. So uh, a lot of this, we're having to look at other factors. It's not just a matter of looking at the footprints. Yeah, so exactly how fast was a T-Rex? Well, some say that he could run at 45 miles per hour, and others have suggested a more moderate 25 miles per hour. Again, I mean, think about one of these guys coming at yeah. you full speed, 45 miles per hour. It's, I mean, you couldn't take him out on the freeway, but in, in animal speed, that's pretty, that's pretty good. Which leads us to our next area of a uh, scientific argument. Was this guy warm-blooded or cold-blooded? Well, if you're thinking that he's kind of a zippy being and he's chasing down prey and, or even walking long distances to, get at carrion, then, then chances are maybe he wasn't cold-blooded, but he was warm-blooded. So just a just a little refresher course in case you guys don't remember this. Body of a cold-blooded animal, such like such as a snake or a lizard, is is one that changes with the the ambient temperature. So um, a lizard is going to be more active when it's warm, and it's going to be kind of sluggish, and uh, I don't feel like getting out of bed when it's cold. Mm-hmm. Whereas warm-blooded animals, such as mammals and birds and maybe dinosaurs, are are active all the time, regardless of temperature. Where this ties into the whole speed issue too is um, it's basically a matter of looking at these bodies, the, 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 the body of this dinosaur, and saying how much energy would it need to run at this speed. And in some instances, the scientists um, argue that, that, it would, that the body would require more energy than a cold-blooded system would be able to create. Okay. Yeah. So then that leads to people saying, well, dinosaurs were cold-blooded, so they couldn't possibly run that fast. Or people saying uh, the dinosaurs uh, ran fast, so they have to be warm-blooded. So basically, it seems like we have uh, we have to get to know the T Rex a little bit better. Yeah, and uh, and and also there's, I, you know, we talked about applying anthropomorphic baggage to dinosaurs earlier. Uh, I think part of that too is when we think of think of uh, a dinosaur like a T Rex as being like a predator or being a scavenger, we tend to think of our most iconic modern examples, right? Like the lion, right? Or you know, a vulture or a you know, something else that runs in front of your car, you know, to eat a, a dead possum. And uh, their nature doesn't always work in such well-defined, uh, you know, examples. Like, for instance, take the Komodo dragon. This is a large predator, and it is uh, at the top of its food chain in its, uh, in its respective ecosystems. But it's not running down gazelle or anything, you know? And it's, it's not even depending on, on, like, that kind of energy to take its prey. Uh, it'll come up to, say, a water buffalo and it'll bite it. And then it'll sit around and wait weeks for that water buffalo to die from the venom. And then once it gets weak, weak enough, all the uh, other Komodo dragons will come over and they'll feast on it. So that's not 
you know, a very iconic view of a predator's role. And, and on the other end, scavengers aren't necessarily these skulking, horrible little creatures in the night that, run, you know, run from every light. Right. If you kind of think of the whole green movement that's going on today, I mean, you could regard scavengers as kind of heroic in that nothing is wasted in nature and everything is eaten. And Yeah. So maybe it's not as much that the T-Rex... Um, is losing its appeal to kids, but it's like it's like an image makeover. The T Rex isn't necessarily the king of the the jungle, but uh, hey, look how uh, how much of a uh, you know a, a green icon he is, <laughs> eating all that bone and. Well, and and maybe he's a little bit of both. And in fact, I think that's what uh, Tracy Wilson was getting at in her article. Was the Tyrannosaurus Rex a, a predator or a scavenger? And you can find that article, of course, on how stuff works. But I mean, maybe the the T Rex did have a little bit of both. Yeah. Uh, I, for one, I'm still going to continue to put T-Rex at the top of my list. Favorite dinosaur. Top of your food chain, Robert, huh? Yep. How about you? Is he, you do you like the T-Rex? If this, this has changed your view on him? I think the T-Rex is pretty cool. Or are you but... still sticking to that brontosaurus that doesn't actually exist? <laughs> I still do like the purple brontosaurus a little bit, a.k.a. Flintstones. If you have questions or you want to tell us about your favorite dinosaur, shoot us an email at sciencestuff at howstuffworks.com. In the meantime, check out some cool articles like Are Komodo Dragon's Mouths Deadlier Than Cobra's Venom? Or Was Tyrannosaurus Rex a Predator or Scavenger? And you can also check out the blogs where you can read about everything from robot dogs to no-tech science. And you can find that at the homepage on HowStuffWorks.com. That's all we got. Thanks for listening. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Want more HowStuffWorks? Check out our blogs on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human-moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. 
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. 